Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fat Attack Features, the Bad, Rad, and Horror Movie Podcast. I am your host, Kappa, with my co-host, Elaine. Yeah. And today, we're going to be talking about the 2023 movie, There's Something in the Barn. The next time you are frightened in the dark, don't, don't, don't scream. talking about today we're talking about the movie what and christmas murder and a christ oh you must have a christmas murder i have christmas murders uh, yes. what's the most famous christmas murder when you think of one when you hear christmas murder what do you think of I, it should be easy when, when grandma got ran over by a reindeer obviously that's the most famous one people even sing songs about it jumping ramsey i didn't realize that happened on christmas they found her body the day after christmas so technically I guess he that does. would be a Christmas murder. Yeah. But yes, I think that would be the most famous one. But then I, uh, Grandma, when she got run over by a reindeer. Yeah. Or when, uh, remember that, what was that song? I caught mom kissing Santa under the Christmas tree. And like, yeah. Yeah. I caught mom kissing Santa Claus underneath the Christmas tree. Right, right underneath the Christmas tree. Whore. Yeah. Adulterous. Hit her with the scarlet letter. Mm. It's because daddy was dressed up as Santa Claus, you dummy. Is that why? Yeah. Is that explained in the song? Yeah. It's implied. Are you sure? No, you don't know. You don't it's know. It's implied. Uh, how so? Because it's a kid singing it, so he would know. Give me the dad. lyrics. Give me the lyrics to let me know that's what happened. Maybe, just maybe, what if Santa was real and the slut whore mother... Was trying to get some extra presents out of Santa. Oh, she's so she was going to suck his candy cane. And the little boy had to watch. His he, meat cane. He, he didn't have to watch. And he wanted to watch. And he turned into it's one of like our, they put him And he's going to turn into one of these fucking killers that I'm going to talk about today. It's not like they put him in the corner and made him watch. Like taped his eyes open. He was being sneaky. Like a clockwork orange. <laughs> he was being sneaky. Maybe mm. his mom just had a Santa fetish. And this was like their one role play. They only have sex one time a year. Oh, no, a Santa Claus, yeah. And she's like, yeah, you got to come down the chimney and get all dirty. Come down, come in my chimney. Yeah. Oh, yep, see, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, gross. Uh, but it's Christmas, or it's it's it it's New Year's Day. We were going to do this it's on New Christmas. Eve. New Year's Eve, yes. We were going to do this on Christmas, but Elaine keeps getting sick. 
Yeah, I've been sick since Thanksgiving. It's terrible. She's gotten like three separate colds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this one's still not fully gone. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm. The gallbladder is still uh, having ramifications. Yeah. He's getting his revenge from the afterlife. Yeah, apparently, like, it can, your immune system can get a little suppressed after surgery. So, yay. Yeah, she got really sick a few weeks ago, and I thought the gallbladder might have came back and, like, went up her butt and got back in her body. He might have. I do think it's funny that, like, I've lost, like, weight on unrelated to the gallbladder surgery, I think, but... The fact that this was a straight scar right across, and now it kind of just looks like a... looks kind of like a sad face. I'm just going to tilt this up. Money shot. (laughs) You got to always imagine the microphone is like a robot penis, and you're about to suck it. Is that what you imagine when you're... That's what I see right now. I see... This is the robot penis, and I don't even see you. I see where the robot pubes would be. You gotta really put yourself in the scene. That's how I'm so good at it. <laughs> no, I don't see what's funny about that. It's I'm being very professional. <laughs> yeah, so professional. Yeah, you yeah. gotta be ready to serve your uh, robot overlord any way he needs. Oh yeah, I guess. Because if you can't fix them, so those are the only, the only people who are going to survive the robot over... Or mechanics. It's going to be mechanics, and then people who suck the robot dicks good enough, just like me. But I'll be selling out human... <laughs> and you were talking shit about someone's mom kissing Santa Claus for extra gifts. But yeah, but that's because okay. she's doing it out of, uh, out of being a whore. I'm doing it to survive. Uh, <laughs> so it's different. <laughs> Get a little motor oil up in here. A little WD-40 on my lips. It's all about survival, babe. Stop it. Whatever. All right. So if you had to eat like a Terminator vagina, you wouldn't do it? You'd just tell them just go ahead and execute you? Yeah. Oh, we already had this conversation in the group. About you eating out a Terminator? No. And it's pleasure sensors? No, about how I'm just not cut out for post-humanity um, zombie apocalypse. But the robots that take care of you, you just have to sexually satisfy them no, with your soft flesh human body. No. In holes. Uh, no, no thank you. Just kill me. Right, give me that cold steel. I'm clinging to life. When I was young, I'd always say, you know, you didn't care. But now that I've gotten older, I'm clinging to life. I'm fighting death. Oh, yeah. I'll do whatever it takes to survive. Except, like, bring that robot dick over here. Or exercise or any of those things. Not drink. No, those items. Those are vices. They're out of my control. I can't do anything uh, about that. But, you know, sucking. Uh, I'm a slave to my vices. I can't do anything <laughs> suck, about that. Suck, but sucking uh, an imaginary uh, robot, robot cock, yes. <laughs> That's, that, the, but it's for survival, you, Elaine. So yeah. I can continue my unhealthy lifestyle. <laughs> oh, yeah. You think the robot robots are going to be growing weed and... And making yeah alcohol and stuff. They want this mouth. They will. <laughs> I love that you think your skills are that worthy of them creating alcohol just for you. They will be because when I commit myself to something, I go all in. <laughs> so I will make sure that I am the best robot dick sucker. 
<laughs> so I can get what I want. Men are just competitive about the stupidest shit in the planet. This isn't even have anything to do with other yeah. men. Okay. This is me surviving <laughs> and still sticking to my unhealthy yet very enjoyable lifestyle. <laughs> and like, think about it. If it was so robots, now, if, why... now think about it. If it's robots, they eliminate the human error. They would make the best beer, the best weed edibles, the best weed. Okay, now I know why you like the Brave Little Toaster so much. Because when... I want to fuck it. Because <laughs> it had slots. Yeah, slots. I could just slide up in there. <laughs> Give me all of them. I'll take the lamp, <laughs> the vacuum, the radio, the heat blanket, all of them. I'll take them all at once. I'm not scared. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Why Why would the robots have a penis? To make me suck it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, Just I'm, purely to make yeah. you suck it. Okay. That'd be my pl- I'd be like, look, man, build yourself a robot dick and I'll show you what I'm worth. <laughs> Might have to convince him into it. <laughs> anyway, you were not here to talk about my future self. <laughs> That's not why what we're are you here. talking about? It's New Year's Eve. It, it is all about future self. That's true. Ugh, yeah. Well, you know how I'm going into the year 2024. <laughs> Babe. Ready to do whatever it takes to cling to this fucking life. Do you, I, I, the reason why I also question this is you've told me that you have too much of a gag reflex to sure. ever go to prison. Oh, yeah. But a robot dick? Yeah. That's, do you think you can do that? I mean, we'll just have to find out. But not for no, not prison. Not nah. for survival in prison. It'd be the texture. You were going cold steel or... Uh, Maybe that'll hurt your teeth. Yeah, take them out. Wow, you're quite willing to make a sacrifice here. Whatever it takes to survive, babe. Whatever it takes to survive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yeah. today, we're talking about there's something in the barn. Mm, yep. Which, you told me it was a Norwegian movie. This is not a Norwegian movie. It was just set in Norway. So, like, the guys who wrote it and the director and shit, they're all Norwegian. And it's a Norwegian company releasing with a, uh, I think it's XYZ to put this out. Or they did the distribution for it. But it's like a co-release. Okay. Though, yes, there is not much Norwegian uh, spoken in this. No. In fact, I have a major gripe with um, a large part of the dialogue in this movie, but we're going to get to that. Oh, I know what it was. It was probably my gripe, too. This premiered September 23rd, 2023 at Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas. Released in Norway on November 10th, 2023, and was released in the United States on December 5th. So, huh. relatively new. Huh. I didn't, I didn't see any promotionals for it. Yeah. I just kind of randomly stumbled across it. And then it seemed like something that would be possibly entertaining, yet maybe stupid, funny, because it was described as a comedy. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to go for. Right. So, I said a horror comedy, and it was rated R. Probably for the language. That's what I was going to say. Is it because they, they say fuck 
so many times. I, I think guess. if you say it over a certain amount of times, it has to be because there's no reason for this movie to be rated. R. No, because there's not like a lot of gore factor. No, not at all. When I when I see rated R and something that's like a premise like this, I'm thinking like, yo, I'm gonna be seeing like shit getting fucked up. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-mm. But that's you don't you don't really get that. But okay, we're gonna come back to this. The principal photography for this took place on location in Norway from October 24th to November 2022, while half of the movie was shot on stages in Lithuania. Now, according to Martin Starr, who plays the lead role of uh, Bill, he said that due to very limited snowfall this year, they had to truck in snow from other other like surrounding areas to give the movie like that feel of a normal like Norwegian right winter which is odd yet concerning right well you know maybe Al Gore was right was right yeah um yeah that's crazy that's a lot of commitment too that is uh yeah because people are gonna expect Norway to be very snowy yes and this was very snowy and there was a lot of snow but apparently it wasn't enough so there you go. Huh. Our director is this guy named Magnus Martins. Uh, Can you imagine being named Magnus? It's a good, strong name. It is. Could you imagine, like, you just underachieved at everything you did and your name was Magnus? I'm sure there's plenty of them. I mean, I'm sure. It's probably a common name, but... That's why Scandinavians kill themselves all the time. They're very happy people, but they also have, like, very high suicide rates. I think it's because they have six months of darkness, isn't it? Is yeah, some shit that's like probably that. more it. Yeah, it fucks with their uh, and dealing with brain these chemistry, elves? having to deal with all these elves oh, all yeah. the time. You can't even have inflatables. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, um, twenty nine directing credits, mostly television. Like did like two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, an episode of Agents of Shield, an episode of Luke Cage, an episode of Power, two episodes of Banshee, which was a great show. But uh, not a whole lot of uh, full-length features. Done a lot of Norwegian TV. Hmm. I think this is the third movie he's done, but he does have a movie called Jackpot that he made that's Norwegian in 2011, and it did pique my interest, and I do want to see it. It's about this guy who wakes up in, like, a strip club, and he has a shotgun with him. And there's just like eight dead bodies like all around this strip club and the cops are there, but he doesn't remember what happened. So Mm. it's them trying to piece together how he ended up there and like how all these people died and like what the, what the story is. Mm. I watched the trailer for it. It was in Norwegian, but you know, it did pique my interest. So might have to check that out. Our main character, Bill is played by Martin Starr. Mm-hmm. 120 acting credits. Mm-hmm. Do you recognize him? Yeah. Yeah, he's been in a lot of shit. Yeah, he's not. He's definitely recognizable, but I don't think he's been... He's not like a superstar. No. One of the first movies he did was this movie called Extro 3, Watch the Skies, which I thought was really funny because it's like this shitty alien horror movie franchise, but it's like super shitty. Like, B-movie shitty, but they're gross. Like, that's the reputation. They're, like, really fucking gross. And uh, a few years ago, there was this picture going around 
like on Facebook and Instagram and shit of a uh, a skinwalker sighting, and it's like a clip and a still photo from it, and it went like it like went viral, right? And it's a still from the alien creature in the first extra movie. Hmm. Yeah, but it was like if I showed it to you, you would. I wonder if I can find it real quick. You would be like, oh, yeah, because you've probably seen it. Because it, like, went everywhere. And people were saying it was, like, an alien, like, sighting. But it was really just from this shitty fucking horror movie from the 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, that went everywhere. It's from the extra movie. But he was also in Freaks and Geeks. Yep. With fucking James Franco... Uh, Seth Rogen, Jason Siegel, Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. And there were some other people in there, too. Yeah. That's but, like, cool. everybody was in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And let's see. Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, is okay. Not as good as its predecessor, Dead Snow. Which is about these group of... Uh, it's a group of friends, and they go up to this cabin. And apparently, like... Where they're at, there used to be, like, this, uh, there was this, like, Nazi, like, army that got buried in snow up there, and they find these, uh, like, they're stole all the stolen shit that the Nazis, like, took. They had, like, this box of, like, stolen gold, like, these, like, super expensive gold coins, and they find them, and it wakes up the, uh, the Nazi army. Oh. Yeah. And it's, like, gory as shit. Mm. It's awesome. Mm. Then they made the second one, which had, like, a huge budget and shit. Wasn't nearly as good as the first one, though. NTSF SDSUV with Paul Shear, which is uh, this show that comes on Adult Swim, and it's this kind of knockoff of, like, NCIS, SVU, or not a knockoff, it's parody. Yeah. Where they're just making fun of all that shit. And Paul Shear is, like, the, uh, the main detective, and he plays one of the characters on that. Silicon Valley. Yep. Uh, Party Down with Adam Scott. Great show. Don't recall. Oh, man, that's a good show. We should watch that. It's these, uh, It's Adam Scott and him and these other people, and they work for a catering company, but they're all trying to make it in, like, Hollywood. So they're all, like, writing scripts, so they're actresses or actors and stuff. And it's it's really good. It's really funny. And then most recently, he was in Tulsa King, with my buddy, Sly Stallone. Oh, your buddy. He's my buddy. Yeah. That's why I get to call him Sly. Oh, okay. Cool. So, so there you go. And then we have Amrita Akaria. She plays Carol. The, the wife. S- the wife. Slash okay. stepmom. Yep. 29 acting credits. She did 13 episodes of Game of Thrones in 2011. She played a character named Iria. I don't mm. recall. I'd have to see her. She was in 22 episodes of this show called The Good Karma Hospital. Never heard of it. I'd never heard of it either. Apparently, it's where she moves to India trying to, like, find herself. And she's a doctor. And she starts working at this hospital in India. And I don't know. I was going to say hijinks and sue, but I don't know if hijinks and sue or not. It seemed it's probably, like, serious. Oh, yeah. So... Medical problems probably ensue. Okay. Then eight episodes of The Serpent Queen. I don't know what that is either. Yeah. Apparently it's streaming on Hulu, though, and it's popular. Serpent Queen. And now she does voice work for this Netflix show called Kitty Cats. 
K I T T I K A T Z. And it's this animated show with like this like terrible CGI computer animation. Oh, okay. So there you go. Do you think she is a good actress? She's okay. Think she's okay? I mean, she fit, I mean, for what that movie was. She has a very annoying voice. I did not like the way she talked, but it seemed like there were times where she was a good actress. Mm -hmm. And then there were times where it was almost like she was like rehearsing it. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, that's good enough. The snow's melting, Carol. Let's go. (laughs) Maybe that's why they had to rush through it. Now, our main elf Mm -hmm. is this guy named Kieran Shaw. That's what he looks like. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. This is New, uh, a New Zealand midget or little person. Yeah, or dwarf, I think. Yeah, whatever the fuck you're supposed to say. But, I mean, dude, he's been in lots of stuff. He was in Star Wars Episode Nine, Solo, Star Wars Episode Eight, Rogue One. He was in Game of Thrones. Hmm. Star Wars Episode Seven, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Oh, yeah, of course he was in the Hobbit movie. Yeah, the Hobbit, Unexpected Journey, A Fantastic Fear of Everything, Harry Potter, like some of the Harry Potter movies, Chronicles of Narnia. The dude's getting it in, man. Oh, Black Beauty back in 1994. He's been <laughs> in the game. Oh, shit. He was in Star Wars. He was an Ewok in Aww. Star Wars. Aww. One of the original Star Wars. That's, that's cute. He was in Dark Crystal and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. And he also does stunts. Whoa. He's a stunt man. He did uh, stunts in Maleficent, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil uh-huh. in 2019. That Holmes and Watson movie that Will Ferrell did. Then, yeah, the Hobbit movies, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, The World is Not Enough with Pierce Brosnan. Huh. Spice World with the Spice Girls. Oh, wow. Yeah. Titanic, huh. The Fool Monty, The Saint. With Val Kilmer. Okay. Braveheart. Uh, okay. Interview with the Vampire. Did stunts on Black Beauty. Aliens. Maybe he did the stunts for the kids? Yeah, probably. I mean, that's probably like what all this shit is. But he was a stunt double in Aliens. This guy's fucking awesome. Because everyone knows how much I love Aliens. Uh-huh. Kroll. Stunts in the Dark Crystal. Oh, and what are your favorite movies? Dragon Slayer. Sir Sean Connery is that talking dragon. I oh, love yeah. that movie. I don't know. I always confuse everything for it. So, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, that guy's the fucking star. Okay. So, before we get into our movie, mm. I want to talk about Christmas murder. I was unaware of how much Christmas murder there actually is. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of it I hadn't heard of. Yeah, it's probably a lot of kids getting upset they didn't get an iPad. It's all types of things. There's a lot of fucked up shit that goes down on Christmas. Mm. But out of this long list I found, I found three specific murderous Christmas acts that I wanted to talk about. Okay. So our first one is the Covina Christmas Massacre in 2008. Okay. At approximately 11.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve, Bruce Pardo dressed in a Santa suit, arrived at his former in-law's house in a rental car. He had with him multiple 9mm handguns and a large gift wrap package. 
containing a rolling air compressor converted to spray racing fuel, his own homemade flamethrower. When he knocked on the door and his eight-year-old niece answered, Pardo pulled out the handguns and immediately shot her. Only wounding her, though. you think that would be the easy one. I know. An eight-year-old. Yeah, she would actually survive, too. I would think you could just be like, hey, look, uh, tell everybody Santa's here. Then when she turns around, you just, just pop her in the back of the ear, Russian style. Mm, yeah. And then that way, she, the last thing she remembers is seeing Santa. Oh, that's a sweet murder. Yeah, it is a sweet murder. Mm. I, I'm going to give this guy props because if you're going to commit like a heinous act like this, you should be dressed up festive. Oh, was he dressed up as Santa Claus? He's dressed up as Santa Claus while he does all this. Oh, my gosh. I know. It'd be awesome. Well, it's, I mean, it's not awesome. But, like, if I was going to be the victim of, like, a mass shooting or something, and, like, I turned around because I heard, Say your prayers, motherfucker. And then I turn around and it's, like, Grimace with a shotgun. That'd be pretty awesome. Or, like, SpongeBob. And then I would rather be shot like that than, like, some, like, neckbeard incel guy. Or at least he's in a suit. Okay. Oh, little side story. Steph knew these guys who they uh, they robbed a bank on St. Patrick's Day and one of them was dressed up as a leprechaun when they robbed the bank. And then they got in this fucking... Uh, yeah. And then they got in a high-speed chase with the cops and there was a video going around on the internet because this is back in 2010 where he was in the fucking... like Dressed like a fucking leprechaun. He's hanging out the window shooting at the cops. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they both got killed in a shootout with the cops. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then they found out after they killed them that the dude who was dressed up like the the leprechaun, he had robbed a bank dressed as Santa that December. Oh, so he just had it was like a kink for him then. So that's what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, if you want to look them up, Ryan Skinner and David Cotton. That were their names. Okay. So... Yeah, Steph, Steph knew them. I think he went to school with them at one point or something like that, but he knew both of them. Okay. So there you go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, bring if you're going to do some, some gruesome thing, at least make it fun. Cosplay. Cosplay. See, there you go. Like, it's only a matter of time till someone shoots up like an anime convention and they're going to be dressed up like fucking... Try gun or something like oh, that. Yeah, or they're running around with like a samurai sword and they're like, oh, I'm the blue eyed samurai and like fucking cutting down people. Yeah. It's, I'm amazed it hasn't happened or doesn't happen more often, actually. But anyway, where, where was I? Where was I? Here we go. All right. So, wounds the eight year old girl, goes in the house, pulls out both handguns and just starts blasting Danny DeVito style. Okay. Or Frank from It's Always Sunny. And then I started blasting. So he just starts shooting up the whole fucking house, right? So he starts shooting up this fucking house, and then he opens up the package and pulls out his homemade flamethrower and just starts spraying fucking gasoline all over the house, right? Mm -hmm. Well, apparently, this is what the cops speculate, is that there was like a candle or something, and he hit like an open flame, and he blew up part of the house. Oh, wow. And... That, with the gunfire, killed most of these people. And after the explosion happens, uh, one of the survivors makes it to a neighbor's house where they call the cops. And it, she, she tells the cops, hey, it's uh, the ex-husband. Okay. Right? And 
the explosion in the gunfire. He killed nine people when that happened. Now, he had this like super detailed escape where he had rented multiple cars. He had them parked like certain distances from here to another destination. He had one parked outside of her lawyer's house. And like, so he was going to like do this, hop in the rental car, go get this other rental car, kill the lawyer and shit. Then he was going to go somewhere else, drop that car off, get another rental car. And he had already like booked plane tickets and like all this shit to like go on the run. But when the explosion happened, the Celta suit, the Santa suit melted to him. Oh no. Yes. Polyester. So his arms and legs were like, had the suit like melted to it. And he had like third degree burns over like all of his body. So he goes to the attorney's house and instead of killing the attorney, he jumps in the rental car and he tears off the suit, leaves it in the old car. And then he ends up going to his uh, brother's house, which was like an hour away. And he offed himself. And then when they went to his house, they said it was like a bomb making factory because he had made bombs and like all types of shit that was supposed to like go off. He had this crazy like because he had the cars rigged up. Well, like when he ripped the Santa suit off, he rigged it up that where if they picked it up in the car, it would blow the car up. Hmm. And so he was going to blow up all the rentals after he got out of all of them. And then just, you know, had like this crazy elaborate plan, but it didn't go his way. And they said it was because a week before is when the uh, divorce got finalized. So they think that's what fucking like sent him over the edge. And he had lost his, I think he had like lost his job too. Such a happy Christmas story. Yeah. She took the wedding ring and the dog. Oh, she took the dog. That's, that's what did it. Yeah, yeah. And then he had to pay her uh, like $1,800 a month for the three kids, but none of them were his. Oh. Yeah. So, like, they got married. She had these three other kids. And then after they got divorced, the court said he had to pay her 1800 bucks to take care of the three kids that weren't his. So, there you go. Pushed them over the edge. Must have legally adopted them. Yeah, or some shit like that. But uh, he was saying, like, when he went to court, he was saying that she was, like, taking all the money that he was paying her because he had to pay her $10,000 when they got divorced. And she took the red wing dog, all that, blah, blah, blah. When he was saying she was going to Las Vegas on, like, trips, she bought, like, a new fucking car and shit and was, like, just blowing through all the money. And I guess it just pushed him over the edge. Now, in 2012, they made the Silent Night remake. Right. With Malcolm McDowell. And... At the beginning of that movie, he has a flamethrower, and they say that's a homage to this incident. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh. There's also a song called Black Christmas by this person called Polly Polystyrene. <laughs> S-T-Y-R-E-N-E. Yeah, you know what polystyrene is, right? What is that? It's the material that, like, takeaway containers are made out of. Oh, well, there is the singer of this band called X-Ray Specs, and they have a song called Black Christmas, which talks about this. So, wow. there you go. Okay. Next, we have the story of the downtown posse. Oh. Now, this took place in 1992 in Dayton, Ohio. And it was headed by a man named Marvelous Keen. M-A-R-V-A-L-L-O-U-S. Okay. Took the liberties with their own spelling of it, but Marvelous Keen, 
his girlfriend, a 16-year-old named Laura Taylor, and then their two friends, Demarcus Smith, who was 19, and his girlfriend, a woman named Heather Matthews, age 20. On Christmas Eve, December 24th, the group began their spree. 34-year-old Joseph Wilkerson, a General Motors worker, was the first part of their plan. They thought Wilkerson could be charmed and seduced by Laura and Heather with the intention of robbing him. The two girls called Wilkerson and told him they would have sex with him. However, at his home, something else awaited him. The two girls tied him to his headboard with electrical cords, and while he was bound, the other members robbed the house and found a 32 caliber Derringer. This gun was used to shoot Wilkerson in the chest, killing him. At her trial, Matthew stated that Taylor had used the 25 caliber handgun to shoot Wilkerson a second time, this time in the head. After killing Wilkerson, the group remained in his house, partying and using it as a base of operations. The group would stay at Wilkerson's house for the next three days. They also stole his car, using it to drive around to continue their murder spree. But their spree did not end that night. A woman using a payphone near a neighborhood market in West Dayton became the next victim of the group. Danita Gallette was an 18-year-old mom who had a 2-year-old daughter at home. While at the payphone, Gallette was approached by the gang members who ordered her to give them their belongings. Even though she complied, the group shot Gallette five times anyway. Danita survived the initial shooting but was pronounced dead on the way to the hospital. For killing Danita, the group was able to get her shoes, a backpack, a coat, and 50 cents. What? Yeah. Before the night of Christmas Eve ended, the group wanted to kill one more person. Their next target was Jeffrey Wright, Heather Matthews' ex-boyfriend. The group found Wright outside of his house, and Demarcus Smith shot him in the legs four times. Wright was able to go to a neighbor's house and survive the ordeal. After attempting to kill Wright, the group returned to Wilkerson's house where they would stay the night. On Christmas Day, their massacre continued. Their next victim was Richard Maddox. This time, not random. Maddox was the former boyfriend of Laura Taylor, who was now with Marvelous Keen. Taylor tricked Maddox into leaving his parents' house and to go for a car ride in Maddox's car. Unknown to Maddox, the others, Keen, Smith, and Matthews, were tailing behind the group. As they drove, it soon became apparent to Maddox that the car behind them was trailing them. Suspicious, Maddox slammed on the accelerator. However, as he did, Taylor pulled out a Derringer, put it to his head, and shot him in the temple. While driving. Wow. Yeah. She was able to jump out of the car before it crashed into a tree on Benton Avenue. While Taylor survived the crash and was able to get away, Maddox did not. I mean, because he got shot, shot in the head. Shot in the head, yeah. Their next victim would not be until the next day, December 26th. The group went to the shortstop mini market. The shop was family owned and on West 5th Street. Laura Taylor walked in first, checking the place out. Behind the counter was Sarah Abraham, a 38-year-old mother of three. Following Taylor, Demarcus Smith and Marvelous Keene came in. Keene shot Abraham twice in the head with bullets similar to the ones used in the murder of Danita Goulet. However, Abraham was not the only person in the store. Jones Pettis was shot in the hand and in the stomach. While Pettis survived, Abraham succumbed to her injuries and died five days later. Jesus, after being shot in the head twice. Wow. The gang managed to take $44 from the store. 44 wow. So now they've gotten $44.50. 50 cents, yeah, the four were not the only persons in the gang, however. They were only the ringleaders. Two others, Wendy Cottrell, age 16, and Marvin Washington, would be the final victims of the spree. 
According to Heather Matthews on the witness stand, she said that the group viewed the two as witnesses who could implicate them. So the group decided to eliminate Wendy and Marvin, considering them potential snitches. After the murder of Sarah Abraham, the group picked up Wendy and Marvin and also purchased them beer and wine. Then they drove until Marvelous Keen said that they needed to use the restroom. He parked on a gravel road on Richley Drive where the two were pulled out of the car and moved behind a large pile of dirt where Marvelous executed them. The bodies Wendy and Martin would not be discovered until the group was in custody. Now, while they're doing all this, they're riding around in this dude's car, the first dude that they murdered, and they're just swapping license plates out. But eventually, that ended up catching up to them because they went to another gas station and they tried to rob this woman at gunpoint and she ran off and they like shot at her, but they didn't manage to like kill her. Right. Hmm. So they took her car and that was the car that they would end up getting spotted in. So they would be apprehended in that stolen car and they get brought in. And basically their whole thing was they were just bored. They just want something to do. That's what they look like. Oh, they look bored in the pictures. I know. No remorse on any of their parts. No. Marvelous Keen, the leader of the downtown posse, received the death penalty and was executed by lethal injection on July 21st, 2009. And it was reported when he was given his chance for his last words, he said, no, I have no words. Everyone else received life sentences. And apparently there's a documentary about this called The Six Slays of Christmas. And there is a book title entitled The Christmas Killings that was written by a detective on that case. Hmm. And they're all still locked up. Uh, one of them, Laura Taylor, she was up for parole in 2021 and it got denied. And her next parole hearing is in 2026. Huh. Well... Hopefully they deny it again. Yeah. I don't know. Usually high profile things like that. You don't stand a chance. Yeah, you don't stand a chance. Now, this next guy. I'm just going to show you a picture of him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ronald Gene Simmons. Now, let me tell you. This motherfucker right here, mm-hmm. a monster. Yeah. On September 15th, 1957, Simmons dropped out of high school and joined the U.S. Navy and was stationed at the Naval Station Bremerton in Washington, where he met, I don't know how to say this name, B-E-R-S-A-B-E, Bersabi? Don't know. Yeah, we'll go with that. Bersabi Rebecca Ulabari, also known as Becky, whom he married in New Mexico on July 9th, 1960. Over the next 18 years, the couple had seven children. In 1963, Simmons left the Navy and approximately two years later joined the U.S. Air Force. During his 20-year military career, Simmons was awarded a Bronze Star Medal, the Republic of Vietnam Gallantry Cross for his service as an airman, the Air Force Ribbon for Excellent Marksmanship, and he would retire from the Air Force and military service on November 30th, 1979 with the rank of Master Sergeant. On April 3rd, 1981, Simmons was being investigated by the Cloudcroft New Mexico Department of Human Services for allegations that he had fathered a child with his 17-year-old daughter. Ew. Sheila, that's her name. Which Fearing I, arrest. Can I, I hate that name. That is a terrible name. I don't know what it is about that name. It just gives me like, ugh. Fearing arrest, Simmons fled New Mexico in late 1981 with his family, first to Ward, Arkansas, in Lone Oak County, and then to Pope County near Dover, Arkansas, in the summer of 1983. Now, this is where it gets crazy. 
The family took up residence on a 13-acre tract of land, 6.5 miles north of Dover, that would be called Mockingbird Hill. The residence was constructed of two old mobile homes joined to form one large home with no telephone and no indoor plumbing and was surrounded by a makeshift 10-foot-high fence on all sides. As a result of the home's lack of plumbing, Simmons made his family dig three giant cesspits. That's where you dump all their waste and piss and shit. Now, Simmons worked a string of low-paying jobs in the nearby town of Russellville, Arkansas. He quit a position as an account receivable clerk at Woodline Motor Freight after numerous reports of inappropriate sexual advances. He went to work at a Sinclair Mini Mart for approximately a year and a half before quitting on December 18th, 1987. So, he quits his job, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's murder time. Shortly before Christmas, 1987, Simmons decided to kill all the members of his family. On the morning of December 22nd, he first killed his wife, Rebecca, and eldest son, Gene, by beating them to death with a crowbar and shooting them with a 22 caliber pistol. He then killed his three-year-old granddaughter Barbara by strangulation Simmons dumped the bodies into one of the cesspits to hide them yeah because who's gonna go through that exactly then he waited for his other children to return home from school upon their arrival he told the children he had presents for them but he wanted to give them to them individually yeah okay so then he took each child out back and drowned them in a water barrel one by one wow yeah uh, he first killed his 17-year-old daughter, Loretta, and then he killed the three other children and then dumped all of them into the cesspit because around midday on December 26, they were having a family celebration. So here comes the rest of the family, not knowing they are walking into... A cesspit. <laughs> a, yes, hell on earth. So the other family members start showing up. The first to be killed was Simmons' son, Billy, and his wife, Renata, who were both shot in the head. He then strangled and drowned their 20-month-old son, Trey. Simmons also shot and killed his oldest daughter, Sheila. That's the one he had the kid with. Mm -hmm. So when she showed up, he kills her, kills her husband, Dennis. And then they had a child, a 7-year-old girl named Sylvia, which may have been his. But he kills her. And then the 20-month-year-old child that they had also was drowned in the water barrel. And then he took the bodies out of the cesspool, brought them into the house, laid all the bodies in neat rows. He then covered them all with their coats, except Sheila, who he covered with his tablecloth. The bodies of Trey and Michael were wrapped in plastic sheeting and left in abandoned cars at the end of the driveway. After the murders, Simmons drove to a Sears store in Russellville where he retrieved Christmas gifts that he had previously ordered for his family. That night, he went for a drink at the local bar before returning home where he spent the rest of the evening drinking beer and watching TV. On the morning of December 28th, Simmons drove to a Walmart in Russellville where he purchased another firearm to use in the attack he was about to carry out. His first target was a law firm where he had previously met Secretary Kathy Cribbins Kendrick. Simmons had been infatuated with Kendrick, but she had rejected him. After walking into the office, he shot and killed her. He then went next to an oil company office where he intended to kill the owner, Russell Rusty Taylor. Taylor was also the owner of the Sinclair Mini Mart where he had previously worked. 
He shot and wounded Taylor before killing another person in the building named James David Chaffin. Chaffin was the only deceased victim who was a stranger to Simmons. Another employee in the building was shot at, but the bullet missed. Simmons then drove to the Sinclair Mini Mart, shooting and wounding two more people. His final target was the office of the Woodline Motor Freight Company, where he had also previously worked, and he shot his former supervisor twice, only wounding her. He then ordered one of the employees at gunpoint to call the police. When they arrived, Simmons handed over his gun and surrendered without any resistance. Throughout the 40-minute-long rampage, Simmons had killed two and injured four others. So I think he, in all, he ended up killing like 16 people. Wow. And after his arrest, he went in for psychic evaluation where he was found fit to stand trial. He first went on trial for the murders of Kendrick and Chafin and was found guilty on May 12, 1998 and sentenced to death. He made an additional statement under oath supporting his own sentence, saying, I, Ronald Gene Simmons Sr., wanted to be known that it is my wish and my desire that absolutely no action by anybody be taken to appeal or in any way change this sentence. It is further respectfully requested that this sentence be carried out expeditiously. He then went on trial for the murder of his 14 family members, where he was found guilty and again sentenced to death by lethal injection. As to the motive, a family friend told investigators that Simmons' wife had been saving up money to divorce Simmons when the killings happened. During the trial, Simmons had to be removed from the courtroom for punching the prosecutor and trying to grab a deputy's handgun after a letter had been introduced that was between Simmons and his daughter, Sheila, and when Simmons expressed anger that Sheila had revealed that he was the father of their child and that he would see her in hell. He refused to appeal his death sentence, stating, to those who oppose the death penalty in my particular case, anything short of death would be cruel and unusual punishment. The trial conducted a hearing concerning Simmons' competence to waive further proceedings and concluded that his decision was knowing and intelligent. He became the subject of the United States Supreme Court case, Whitmore v. Arkansas, when another death row inmate, Jonas Whitmore, attempted unsuccessfully to force an appeal of Simmons' case. While on death row, Simmons had to be separated from other prisoners as his life was threatened constantly. This was because he refused to appeal his death sentence, which other prisoners believed Simmons was damaging their chances of beating their own death sentences. On May 31st, 1990, Arkansas Governor, later President, Bill Clinton, signed Simmons' execution warrant, and on June 25th, he died by the method he, was cho- he had chosen, lethal injection. None of his surviving relatives would claim the body, and he was buried in a potter's field in Lincoln County, Arkansas. Wow. Crazy. That is crazy. And, you know, where's that movie? I don't know. At least, like, those other two, like the Downtown Posse, there's a a documentary about them as well. But as far as this one, I've never seen anything about that. And that's the most fucking bonkers one. Yeah, especially since he basically admitted that. He was just like, man, fuck it, man. Like, I'm a terrible, I am an evil person. I need to be taken out. Well, the fact that he even admitted that the child was his. Ugh. Yeah. So there you go. Mm, Some yeah. Christmas cheer for you. Yeah. Wow. This, he's, <laughs> he accused me of being a Debbie Downer on the show. Oh, well, you just, know. You just made a, this the most Debbie Downed podcast ever, I feel like. Okay. Well, see, here was my options. <laughs> I had two options. It was either go this route or I was going to have to like 
talk about barn elves. Yeah. And their little, like, stupid shit about, like, feeding... Uh, which I did. I did read a, more porridge. than I would uh, yeah. like to admit. Yeah, about the porridge and everything. Riskrat is how it is pronounced, and that is what it is called. Uh-huh. And it's, yes, it is rice porridge, and you have to put the cinnamon and the butter on top, or they get mad. Okay. The barn elves will get mad. Critics. There is a story that goes around, or used to go around... That one farmer foolishly put the butter on the bottom of the bowl and then put the porridge on top with the cinnamon. And then the barn elf got angry and he killed the cow that the farmer owned. And then once he ate the porridge, because he, he, he still ate it. He was just mad how it was done, but of course he still fucking ate it. Mm. And then he found the butter at the bottom and he felt bad. So then he went and stole an identical cow from another farmer. And brought it back. Oh, okay. He's like, oh, he didn't forget the butter. He just didn't see was at the bottom. Yeah. My bad. My bad, y'all. My and then bad. there was a there's another story where um, a farmer's daughter eats the porridge, and the barn elf caught her and then beat her until she almost died. And that's pretty that's pretty much in this story. But okay. yeah, uh, and then like yeah, they don't like change of tradition and. Peeing in the barn also is a big thing that makes them very angry. Oh, so with the animals or just humans? Humans. Okay. Because you're like disrespecting their, uh, I guess their kingdom, the barn. But the animals are cool to pee in the barn? I mean, yeah, animals, Okay. I guess. But yeah, the whole thing is if you keep your barn elf healthy or you keep your barn elf happy, then he does things on the farm for you, fucking... Like takes care of things, brings good fortune to the to to the farm, and ta- helps take care of the animals and shit, keeps them healthy. Mm. But when you make him mad, then he does like little mischievous shit, or he will go as far as like killing the livestock and shit, or attacking people. Wow. Yes. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. Well, it's all stupid. Yeah. Also, read which I don't know if this is true, but they say this that these things the fjord. Fjornison, or whatever they were, were the inspiration for how Santa looks now. And I don't know if that's true or not. Because, like, the modern-day Santa came around in, like, like the the fucking Santa we see now. Mm. Like, that was made in, like, the 1860s by, like, a cartoonist. Okay. Right? Was he Norwegian? No. Okay. But that the thing that I read though was saying that like they took that from Norwegian because these things look like little Santas. Well, so there are some, isn't there like some people who believe like Santa's just a big elf? Well, yeah, but like I mean, like the elf. whole thing of like Santa Claus, that's like third century shit. Like that's a that's a long, long time ago. Yes, but that, but how he looks, yeah, is from like yeah, like the eighteen sixties. I, I don't I don't fucking know, but I mean. That, the whole point is murder is more interesting than yeah mur- this. Well, I mean, this movie was very. Uh, well, I was going to say the lore. Now, with the movie, one of the reasons I chose this is because I'm a sucker for things like this. It's in the same vein as like gremlins, yeah, munchies, critters, you know that dumb shit. Like I like that shit though. I got uh, I don't know. I find it entertaining. But all those movies are awesome. This movie, no, not so much. That no, was terrible. 
Oh, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And it's disappointing because it could have been good. I right. feel like you they had the tools to make this a good movie. They did. But before we get, we'll, we'll get more into that. So, Elaine. Yes. Tell me what this movie's about. A barn elf. Is he friend or foe? <laughs> I still don't understand why he flipped, he flipped the script at the end. I have a theory, but we're going to get to that. Give me a little plot point. Give me a little plot rundown. Stupid Americans make Norwegian barn elf angry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the fortune cookie. Yeah. Yes. All right. So what we have is our film opens with this old man and he's trying to tear the barn down. Right. He's trying to set it on fire. Well, first he tries to just tear it down and the, his tractor has been sabotaged. Mm-hmm. So then he goes inside and he's throwing gas everywhere because he's going to burn it down. And then he starts getting attacked with like home alone traps. Yeah. And he ends up getting knocked out the second story window by a flaming tire, which catches him on fire because in the process of him pouring gasoline everywhere, he gets it all over himself. Right. And so he dies. Then we meet Bill, Carol, Nora, and Lucas. Right. It's our little family unit. Mm-hmm. And they are very silly Americans. Right. Who have inherited this house. So now they move to Norway to start a life again. You know what this reminded me of instantly from that? What? Unwelcome. That movie we watched about the British couple, and then they moved to Ireland because the grandma died. Remember that? Okay, yeah, this is it's exactly like the, this. It's the exact same story they, plot. It is, and the little creatures have their own language that is not translated in any way. Yes. I immediately thought the same thing. Yes. And that annoyed me. This was... Why even have them talk? Unwelcome was better than this, though. Uh, yes. Unwelcome I liked more than this. Because it wasn't as comical, I guess, but... Okay, so they come, they move into the house, and basically, yeah, the son the son befriends the elf, but then there's elf rules that have to be followed, and the family violates them, hijinks ensue. That's our plot. Yeah. Now, I don't... I don't know. This movie struggles to find what it wants to be. Yeah, for sure. It just... It seems like it just... Goes almost how we were talking about uh, the the stepmom's acting. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with this. It's like it just kind of fades in and out of like what it wants to be. To start, the whole stepmom thing. I don't even think it needed to even like. I didn't even have to be, be a there. stepmom. Yeah, right. And they like they bring it up like randomly. Yeah, for no reason. For no reason. And then it just doesn't come back. It comes up here and there, but it's not an interesting... There's no reason for it to be part of the story. It's not a plot. No, not at all. There's no reason for it to be part of the story. What do you think of everyone's acting? Eh, It's just like Saturday Night Live skittish. I saw in some reviews where people were saying that the daughter was was like an awful actress. And I didn't, I, I didn't see what like was so, not upsetting, but you know, like atrocious. Atro- yes, yeah, there's pe- way worse actresses. Dude, than people she. were trashing her about why. her acting. I don't I th- know why. Nothing, I would say no one in this movie was stellar. 
Yeah, but the mom, her acting shittier than the daughters. For sure. For sure. Like, I don't, I didn't understand, like, I didn't get that. And the kids, they haven't done a whole lot. And the Lucas kid was the best one. Yeah, he was fine. If even Bill's acting was lame in it. Yeah. Because it's, because he's the same, it's the same shit through the entire fucking movie. He's the bumbling dad. Like, and like, he never has that character switch. He never grows any balls. You know what I'm saying? He's just kind of like squirmy. Right. You know, he never has that character switch, I guess. And I don't know. He's just kind of whiny. Just whiny the whole time. Did they say what happened to their mom? They just said she died. Okay. Yeah, after she died. I don't think they ever said exactly like what it yeah, was. Yeah, they should have just not had that part. Because if you think about it, why? What What was it? Because the Lucas or, kid doesn't fucking care. He just goes, the son just goes along with everything. Right, and he calls her mom. Yeah, and he calls her mom. Like, he's cool. He has no problem. And then it's the daughter. But then the daughter, I would understand if like the daughter, like her thing was like she was so close to her mom that like this woman's trying to come in and take her place. But then they've the, the they even say they've been married for years now. Yeah. She's been dead. They've been married for years. And the daughter doesn't have that relationship with her original mother. It's never like her like if you would have had some shit where she has like a locket or something of her mother or something yeah, like that. Something. Or something of hers she carries something of hers like a fucking teapot or some shit. Yes. I don't know what the fuck it is. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, something to something, signify no. this yeah. love you have for your original mother. And it never comes up. Mm-hmm. It never comes up. Her whole beef with her stepmom is her stepmom doesn't let her do what she wants. It's not her being upset that this woman is taking her mother's role. You know what I'm saying? Right. She's just a, a teenager. Yeah, she's just a, exactly. She's just a fucking teenager. And she's like, oh, you won't let me drink wine. But the other 16-year-old... Norwegian kids can drink wine and oh, you won't let me read magazines at the table. Like, you know, like that's your beef with your stepmom. It's not because she is replacing your dead mother. Yeah. So there's no reason to even have the dead mom. Yeah. Yeah. She could have just been her mother. Yeah. And then just been the same thing. Yeah. You're just dealing with a fucking teenager. Right. Right. My biggest gripe with this is it's way too fucking long. It's too long, and it this movie. Make, I still don't know why the elf flipped the script near the end. I got you. I got you on that. Is it because the other elf had a gun? So the the first before we go there, this movie is an hour and forty minutes. Right. There is no fucking reason for this movie to be an hour and forty minutes. No, not at all. Hour and twenty, nice and nice and neat. Right. Yeah. Easy. Easy. You could trim this down to an hour and 20 minutes and it would be an enjoyable watch. It would flow just... This doesn't flow bad for being as long as it is, but there's so much shit in there that you could cut out. Like reading the magazine at the table. Like it doesn't... <laughs> like right, none of yeah. that stuff needed to be Yeah, there. there's a lot of little shit that you could... That you could just easily cut out, put this in an hour, 20, hour, 25 minutes, nice and neat, and not lose anything. Now, what ends up happening... Which Elaine is... I've mentioned it, yeah. Elaine is, has mentioned, yes. Is that they break the rules. Now, right. the rules are don't break tradition. No changes. No bright lights and no nope. noise. No bright lights, no noise. And they break all of the rules because they decide to... they're Americans and Americans are just loud. Yes. And flashy. And then they decide to to welcome the commu- to their way to like... Make friends. Make friends is they have a party in the barn. 
Right. Which is something that you don't do in those parts of the world. But apparently, like, if you go to someone's house for dinner, you, like, unless... They don't have to, like, feed you and shit. Right. Like, you unless know what I'm they specifically invite you for a meal. And if you're visiting, like, you leave before dinner time. Right, yeah. Or they will just eat in front of you. They don't... They have no qualms in doing that. Well, see, what I thought was going to happen was they were going to invite everybody to come over for the party in the barn. And that's then they would, when it would have popped off. Or they... That would have been better. Yeah. Or they would have came and they wouldn't have, or they would have been like, why are you in the barn? Like, yeah. you're fucking with these barn elves. But no one else believed in the barn elves No one believed either. in, which was weird to me. I thought the but whole. Why th- was it a thing then? I thought the whole thing was going to be everyone knew about the barn elves because everyone was already freaked out. They moved in the house because the guy died. Yeah, it's, ha- oh, it's haunted. So you would think it would be like, oh, the barn elves killed this guy because he, he was fucking with them. And now these people are having us come into that barn and like party in the barn elf's territory. But it wasn't. Nobody believed in the barn elf. And everybody had a good time anyway. They did. Everybody did have a good time. And then, yeah, all, all the party did was just actually didn't even annoy the elf as much as. Uh, it made him very angry because he was under the floorboards looking up. And then that uh, the daughter right. threw up on him. Right. But. And then he came up there and there were fucking broken bottles and shit and food and all this shit all in his place. So then he went and trashed their kitchen. Right. But what I mean is like the barn was trashed anyway, but, but it was his trash. Yeah, I guess it's like when you go in a hoarder's house and you just move their shit around and they get mad. Yeah. You're going to get them mad. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, you're right. This movie was silly, but then like for some reason he called more barn elves that have like a, Barn Elf Village somewhere, and then they were all being attacked by Barn Elves, and then Which the initial- fighting Barn Elves, and then they capture them and take them to Barn Elf Village World, and then... Uh, it's Barn Elf Landia. De- okay, Barn Elf Landia, and then he decides, oh, well, no, I, I, I like this family. I don't like this. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to save them. It's because the other elves, they were breaking their own rules. You're not supposed to break tradition and they're breaking their own rules. They're in there watching TV. They're getting drunk. They're partying. They're being loud. Then that one, the one has the gun and he's going all fucking crazy and shit. But then it also leads to what you were saying. Now, this other movie we previously mentioned unwelcome. Now there are parts where you have these little creatures and there are talking to humans. They can talk in English too. And you'll get that. But then when they're talking to each other, you don't know what they're saying. But it was a very small part of the movie. It wasn't like that yeah. big a deal. This there movie should have been translation. In this fucking movie, and see, when I'm talking about like critters, but when the critters talk to each other, it's like me, 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 me. But it says in subtitles what, what they're, they're saying, saying to each other. That's always in the critter series. And like or like in Puppet Master, even when they're talking to each other, it's always like, rrr, 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 rrr. but you know what they're saying because they're using their bodies to like, you know, you know what they're, you, right. what they're saying. In this, you have full blown conversations with these fucking guys, these fucking elves talking to each other. And no idea. And no idea what the fuck they're saying. And I'm not talking like just like a couple senses here or there, like full blown, like 60 seconds of them, like talking yeah. to each other, like having a debate. And, like, not knowing what the fuck they're doing or talking about. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know if that's, like, the version we watched. Because it would just say elfish language. Maybe in the Norwegian version. It said barnfish. (laughs) 
barn elfish. I look like barn fish. It just, yeah. <laughs> but it's like maybe in their version, it has where you can understand what they're saying, or maybe it's something that the, the Norwegians would understand. Maybe some sort yeah, of Yeah, but like, the guy spoke Norwegian to them and they didn't understand. So then he went to well, I'm English. Saying, I'm, saying a Nor- then, I'm saying a Norwegian uh, audience. Uh, like it would be like some other like. Like pig Latin. Or, or I don't know, like. Uh, <laughs> Norwegian pig Latin. I don't know. Maybe some like, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Who fucking knows? But like us, we're sitting here and it's just like, dude, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, what is the point of this? Well, yeah, what the fuck? Because there's a lot. There is a lot of elfish Barn dialogue elfish. and them talking to each other and shit. And you have no idea what the fuck they're saying. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. A, that really bothered me too. But you are right though. The It, it should have been them having issues with the elf. This is how I'm thinking. If this was my movie, how I would have done it was you. All right. So you're having problems with this elf, right? And then there's a confrontation before the party. You think, and then something happens. They think they get rid of the elf or they kill it, right? Then they go on with the party and the elf comes back with his whole little army of other elves. And then they invade the party, shit pops off. Right. And then you get a good massacre in there. Because you get the R rating anyway. Give us the body count. Right. They killed. Two people. Two people. Which one of them was pretty sweet. When that sheriff got ran, I mean, it could have been better, but it was, that was, I I thought that was funny. Yeah. But the other kills sucked. Right. I mean, that's how I would have done it. So then you get the big body count. Then you have the reason for the, the party. You get all the people there. It all makes sense. That's why he brings in the other army because his family's already took him out. So now he needs backup, especially now there's more humans. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that would just be better. And the elves, they look pretty good, too. Yeah. Like, the makeup in it all looks good. good, The costumes look good. Like, they look good. And then, I mean, what little gore there is looks fine. Just, I don't know. The guy, the people didn't even really have a Finnish accent. Like, they'd have it, and then they wouldn't. They'd have a a hint of it, and then it would be gone. And, yeah, I don't know. It just, you're right. It's like they changed their idea halfway through because when when the when the elves come out i'm good like i thought it was gonna pop off and it really didn't yeah but the elf action is the best stuff going on in this movie with anything going on with the elves but it takes fucking like 45 minutes 50 minutes to get to the elf action and then even when you get it it's not like what you're expecting you know, because they, 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 when they first break in the house, yeah, they have the little run around the family, but nothing really crazy happens. And then they get into the booze and then they just get all drunk and you get like five minutes of drunken elves like enjoying modern technology. You're right, you're right, right, right. So, but then um, the other elf, the original elf, is sitting there at the table like shaking his head like, this isn't the way. I don't know. It did have some funny parts. But you think that would have made him even more angry with the Americans because he corrupted <coughs> the elves. Well, they they have to choose their own way, Elaine, just like I am choosing to suck robot dicks. Okay. You have to make your own choices in life. And they turn they turned against tradition. You know what? People are going to tell me that, it's not tr- that I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't suck a robot dick. But you know what? That's where we differ. Yeah. I'm just going to let myself be. Killed, and you're gonna suck robot dick for the rest of your life. Yeah, 
And you're just you're just fine with it. I am. You're just so okay with it. <laughs> I'm here, I'm here to serve you, my robot overlord. <laughs> in any way you need. <laughs> Sorry, are you making eyes? I can't see you past the robot butt. I don't even see you right now. I just see robot holes. <laughs> holes and prongs. <laughs> mm. Will they have like a pleasure gauge? <laughs> I hope so. Like, it's like a fuel tank, like a little gauge. Oh, my. Stop. No, let's not. Please. We need to. All right. We need to. We need to. Can we burn this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I think it went pretty good. The last couple months of the year were uh, were pretty rough. So we haven't been doing the podcast. Busy. The busiest shit on work. Lane keeps getting sick because her gallbladder is haunting her. I'm still, my body's still trying to learn how to digest food without a gallbladder, without bile being stored, I guess. Yeah, but I feel good. We're going to get back on track. Yeah. Because I already got a couple podcasts lined up. We got some really good stuff coming for uh, 2024. I hope so. I hope it's better than this. Yeah. And I've been working on a new album and I'm almost done with it. Nice. So there you go. But for now, that's going to do it. Oh, yeah. I don't know what we're doing next. Um, it was going to be, uh, paddock, but I'm going to have to see where that falls because I had to cancel that. Yeah. We had to cancel that cause the lane was sick and you were sick. I was also sick. And if I would have got Tavares sick and his whole little mini basketball team, he has at home yeah, and would have murdered us. Yeah, that's true. I think he said they just got over all being sick too. Oh so, yeah. And, and, if, I, <laughs> and if I have RSV, that's really bad for kids. So, yeah. So, um, so it'll either be that I'm trying to think cause Ken's coming, right? But you're going to be out of town. Right. So you, uh, you can just do another Ken cast. Yeah. And I'll have Tavares. And I thought about doing, um, stone cold, which has Brian Bosworth in it. Okay. Uh, I bought his autobiography for a dollar and 89 cents off Amazon. Mm. I used to have it. Uh, my dad had all these fucking like, Books. I don't think he ever like read any of them, but he used to have them. But like Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, Jim McMahon, fucking uh, Jim Brown, and then he had this Brian Bosworth book, and I used to read all those. And this one was always really good. And Stone Cold is just one of the the, the most ridiculous '90s action movies ever. And I always just remember watching it as a kid. But anyway, that's this all irrelevant. Probably cut all this stuff out anyway. <laughs> Uh, okay. Not the robot dicks, though. That's no. Stan. I want him to know. Uh, this little guy right here is going to be able to vouch for me. <laughs> anyway, so that's going to do it for this week. Don't know what we got coming next week, but uh, or in two weeks, but we'll we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, 2024 going is going down. It's almost in the door. It's almost in the door? Yeah, 2024. It's almost in the door. Um, it's, on, it's on its way in. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so yeah, that's going to do it. As always, keep watching. And for me and Elaine, Felice Navidad. Aw, nice. Is that what you, is that you're ending on? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to, what did the Irish say for Christmas? Do they have some sort of like we don't Irish say, thing? We don't say Merry Christmas, we say Happy Christmas, which people are really weirded out by. 
Like we say, "Happy Christmas!" I have a happy Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you, there you go. go. Yeah. All right. 